This, 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 this is mythical. What's the best sparkling water? The Sport Crew says they have the answer. Check out their ranking of the best sparkling waters on the market, flavored or not. Oh my god, I love Chipotle. Chipotle is my life. Although there's a huge variety of Mexican restaurants in the United States, Chipotle is ranked as the U.S. consumer favorite. But is corn salsa and slick branding enough to deserve the hype? Today we're asking, is Chipotle overrated? This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Ayer. And I'm your host, Nicole Hendizada. And Nicole, today we, we talked about is In-N-Out overrated. We did. Right? And In-N-Out is something that has a huge, huge, massive cult following. Mm-hmm. And I think the closest thing to In-N-Out's cult following might be Chipotle. Okay. And so uh, we got a lot of comments from people saying like, "Internet's not overrated, but Chipotle is overrated." Yeah, and we so did. I figured we we should tackle this one. Yeah. But I mean, we've eaten a lot of Chipotle together. I love Chipotle. I also love Chipotle. I'm do you passionate think about Chipotle. But do you think that the hype outweighs how good Chipotle is? You know, I'm gonna. You know, uh, I like to talk about the topics at hand uh, with my fiance before I come talk to you because <laughs> great I like I like to ask other people's opinions before I form my own because I think it's important to have other viewpoints. And he said something very interesting. He said, "Chipotle isn't overrated. Chipotle isn't underrated. Chipotle." It's perfectly rated. And that like really set into motion. Like, you know what? You're right. I do think it's perfectly rated. I think that people that love Chipotle love it for what it is. And people that hate Chipotle hate it for what it is. It's good. It's not the best. I'll still eat it. It's not like a life-changing experience, but I do love it a lot. So I think it's right in the middle. I think it is well rated. Does that work? I, I, Does that work? <laughs> that's such a middle ground answer. Well, yeah. No, I don't think you're wrong, but I I am almost inclined to believe that, and and I totally would if not for the fact that Chipotle has taken on this like larger cultural meaning, right? Like, yeah. David Dobrik doesn't have his own El Pollo Loco bowl, or what? He was the one that had his own Chipotle burrito. You can go there and get the David Dobrik burrito. Is that true? Yeah, right. Cons- I will fact check it later. I don't know. We don't fact check crap in this podcast. No, 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 no need to. But no, that's the thing. Like, um, Chipotle was, you know, in this. This, I suppose, is not necessarily indicative of how people respond to Chipotle or how they feel about Chipotle mm-hmm. uh, so much as Chipotle's, you know, marketing director doing a very fantastic job. But, you know, they were giving all these, like, very young YouTube creators, like, these Chipotle platinum cards. It gives them free burritos for life and stuff wow. like that. And so Chipotle, uh, you know, now has this huge following among young people. It's like um the Charlie D'Amelio Duncan coffee. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking I about? I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Chipotle, you know, has that. But, I mean, long before all this, Chipotle was, I mean, the fastest growing fast food franchise in the history of America. Mm-hmm. Actually, Blaze Pizza came and superseded the numbers that Chipotle was doing in the early days, which I think is very cool because Blaze Pizza is started by the Wetzel family of Wetzel's Pretzels fame. I thought Arnold Schwarzenegger's son is, is incorporated. In the- he might be involved. I, I mean, he's LeBron involved. James is very heavily involved in Blaze. Wow. LeBron James, uh, this is one of the smartest business decisions for for any athlete. He dropped his McDonald's sponsorship uh-huh. so he could invest in Blaze wow. and then participate in marketing for it. And then he's already, I mean, got, I think, increased that investment like tenfold. Wow. Um, and I think Goals. Blaze Pizza is fantastic. But anyways, Chipotle, uh, I think Blaze wouldn't exist without Chipotle because I think they use the Chipotle model. Yeah. So I think Chipotle was very, very, very game changing uh, when it started. I mean, I remember having it for the first time in probably 2004, 2005. Okay. Uh, when they were little, little baby, little yeah. baby chain that people didn't really know about. 
Um, and I think Chipotle absolutely changed the game, but I do think that now they are a little bit behind the times. And I think we're seeing the cracks in the walls. So I think at, at this point, Chipotle is overrated. What is your que- What do you mean by behind the times? It's j- just food. <laughs> behind no, the but times food is what? food is cyclical, right? I, it so is. Like McDonald's right now. McDonald's is behind the times. McDonald's they they've gone through like four CEOs in uh-huh. the past, you know, six years. For various reasons, their profits are falling. I mean, we tried their new chicken sandwich the other oh, day. P.U. It, it was abysmal, right? Like, they can't... Really bad. And, and there are reasons that McDonald's can't respond to the times, right? And that has to do with their business model. So it's the franchise model, right? Yeah. Which Chipotle has never done. Chipotle is purely a uh, corporate-owned entity. So Owned they, by McDonald's. No, it's not. Not anymore? It was never... So Chipotle was never owned by McDonald's. um, But this is a a great piece of lore in the Chipotle history. Everything I know is a lie. But that was was a weird kind of like slanderous thing. I guess they invest... Okay, here it says, In 1998, McDonald's became an investor in Chipotle. Mm -hmm. Over the course of about seven years, McDonald's poured more than $360 million into the company, allowing Chipotle to expand further. Yeah, so at some point, McDonald's was the majority shareholder. Shareholder. Okay, correct. So they were a majority shareholder, but that was before... Chipotle ever had a public IPO. Okay. And then McDonald's divested so Chipotle could get maximum value out of this IPO. Can I, you explain what IPO means God, to the no. listeners? Jeez that, and rice. To the no. listeners, aka me no. listening to you, what IPO in intellectual property owner? Uh initial public offering. Well, bum was way off. <laughs> uh, the only things about money that I know are from Shark Tank. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so anytime Sharks. Someone, <laughs> go ahead. No, you do it. Sharks. Today, I have an investment for 10% in my company. <laughs> Is that good? That's pretty good. I, I love the, the best products on Shark Tank. I mean, one, there was one really sad one. We may have talked about this in the past. It was called Slossa. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The girl, the girl. Was it a girl? Yeah, it was a yeah, woman yeah, yeah, who yeah. She was like, I, I, I took out a second mortgage on my house. <gasps> my I've poured my entire life savings and energy into a combination of coleslaw and salsa called Slossa. That is it's supposed to be a hot that's dog it. topping. That's, and, that that's was it. It. and the worst part about that is I was like, that's a great idea for me and only me and no one else would want this. <laughs> but she was like begging Mark Cuban. She was like, Mark Cuban, you, you can have this at all the food carts at the Mavericks games. Oh, and I was like, oh, honey, no. Oh. Uh, and they all tasted it. And they were like, this is good. But girl, it's Slossa. No, we can't sell this. I love Shark Tank. It's like a it's like a ritual. Like my family would get around the TV and watch it like during Shabbat. And yeah. we're like, that is not good investment, Mark Cuban. <laughs> Miss, Mr. Wonderful, you better ask for 33%. <laughs> it's so funny because that like the only the only real uh, corporate math I know is if someone's like, I'm offering a 10% for $100,000. I'm like, like that's, oh, I know that's that a is. million dollar yeah, valuation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only math I can do. <laughs> My favorite oh, yeah. are the people who show up and they're like, uh, I make chocolate-covered pretzels. <laughs> and they're like, what's different about your chocolate-covered pretzels? And they're like, well, they're very good. <laughs> and, and I then... make them with my hands. <laughs> but now my hands are cramping and I need some help, Mr. Wonderful. Some, some, <laughs> yeah. some of those companies have blown up, though. Like, Mr. Wonderful made a ton of money off of the uh, cupcake in a jar. Yeah, and the bagel bombs. And bagel bombs. Bagel bombs Bantam, bagel. Bantam, Bantam bites. Bagel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Huge, huge. Um, anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about IPO, 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 initial public offering. Basically, when a company goes from private to public, meaning that they open up uh, shares for people to to buy, like Shake Shack mm-hmm. had a very famous and profitable IPO mm-hmm. um, that you know basically gives places the capital to expand like crazy. So Chipotle did that in like what 2006, 2007, and then they started expanding really fast, which to me is sort of where the problems started to mm-hmm. happen. Because if you are doing the franchise model right, you're basically like letting people buy a McDonald's. 
Yes. Right? You pay McDonald's a million dollars a year. You sign a contract to abide by their corporate rules. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that means they have a new menu item that they want to plug. You have to make that. Yeah. Certain things like that. Um, that's how it works. But you're essentially operating a small business, and it, it makes companies expand very, very fast. That's why McDonald's has 35,000 locations. I want to do that one day. I want to be a franchisee. Yeah, what would you franchise? Uh, uh, probably my own concept. That's not a franchisee. Shut that's up! Not. Yes, it is! Yes, it is! Let me tell you what happened. I would come up with the idea, and then I would sell it to, like, I don't know, freaking, I'd sell it to McDonald's, and then I would own, like, one of them while uh, someone oversees the rest. And Visa scams. Visa scams? Dude, you should open it. So there are, what? have you ever heard of Burgerim? Oh, yeah. Oh, my Burgerim. God. Burgerim. That's a it, it's not, it, can we say this? I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but. Yeah, like, it's, all, it's, it's all been disclosed. It, it's it was a, a visa front. scam. It's a visa scam, right? It was a visa scam. It yeah. was, it was. Okay, see, no, that's No, Burgerim has gotten sued like multiple times. It's an Israeli slider concept. Oh, my God. It's so funny. And I would see, there would be like 50 Burgerim storefront signs all around LA yeah. and none of them were open. Yeah, it was so weird. And I don't I don't know anyone that's ever had Burgerim. I I, I get the Instagram sponsored ads for them. Yeah. And then yeah, it turns out they they were really scamming people. There <sighs> there was another one that was an in and out knockoff called um God something By like By the Way Burger? No, no, no. That's I know the oh God, what do you I don't know, I'm sorry. No, no, I know the one you're talking about. It's uh like Jake's Wayback Burger. I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I don't but know, no, this know. is called like Cali Burger and it mm -hmm. was a um they they threatened to sue me. Because I wrote an article um, called, uh, I called them an In-N-Out knockoff. Oh, I called no. them a Chinese In-N-Out knockoff because they were started in Shanghai. And they basically took the model of like, well, they don't, In-N-Out's not going to expand internationally. So we're going to open up a fake In-N-Out. In, yeah. uh, and they even called their stuff animal style. And they got sued by In-N-Out because sense. they have IP. I would sue them too if I was in In-N-Out. Of course. That, I mean, yeah. they were really ripping off In-N-Out. I would have called it monster style. They ended up calling it like beast style or yeah, yeah, style yeah. See, or something. We're on the, yeah, 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 same page, same um, page. But I mean, I, I tried them and, and they were just simply not good. Um, but anyway, so Chipotle starts expanding very quickly, and I remember the first time I went to Chipotle, I was like 13 years old in 2005, and I was I was blown away. I was blown away with how good Me too. and fresh the food was. Yeah, it opened up on Beverly Drive. We would walk from from Beverly High to Beverly Drive, and we would uh, have Chipotle, and it was so much fun because let me tell you a little hack. You guys are ready for a little Chipotle <laughs> hack? I'm going to give you guys a little Chipotle hack. So you ask for a soft taco, but you say, can you put it in a burrito bowl for me? And then you get one soft taco, and then they just pile that stuff on. They go for it. Wait, what does this happen? Let me tell you. 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 What is this a cheek? What's I'm the end game? You, let me tell you because the cert because you know if it's just on like a little piece of paper, and <laughs> it's gonna make sense. I swear. <laughs> It was just on a piece of paper. They're not as generous. They're, and they're not as oh. inclined to put more because it's just like, you know, the little taco. But whenever it's in the burrito bowl, they'll be a little bit more generous and put a little bit more corn. It's okay if the corn falls off, you know, in the bowl. doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. So basically you get a burrito bowl for $2. <laughs> and I used to do that when I was like 13 and then they caught on and then they would just look at us and be like, you can't do that. And we're like, okay, no problem. That was part of the magic of Chipotle, right? But I love Chipotle. It was I so customizable, it. right? And it's, it's the it model. Like Subway. It was exactly. Subway. It's the model right that Subway, Subway started, the, the whole, you know, um, no, have it your ways, Burger King. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah. I, just, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it, it has that whole Subway, you know, eat fresh, build your own yeah, model. Build your own. Except again, Subway, the times caught up with them, and people don't want you know meats that are microwaved out of a bag. Yeah, no one wants to eat a sub sandwich anymore. No, like, so subs you, aren't sexy. No, it, well, I mean, now, but at least you have people doing them better now with Jersey Mike's and oh, other yeah, companies. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And so this is Chipotle is a natural evolution where it was like we want to see chicken being grilled fresh, yeah. and chopped up. We want to see the guacamole being made in front of us. We of want course. to be able to customize our things and, you know, um, have 
food that feels quote unquote healthy and wholesome and all this. And it did. But to me, it also really delivered on flavor. Like the cilantro and lime and the rice and the rice is well salted. The beans are well seasoned. The chicken, the marinade, Chipotle's chicken is still very good. And when I make chicken at home for tacos and burritos, like I'm seasoning it like Chipotle, Mm -hmm. you know? And so they had a moment where they were absolutely fantastic. But then like over time, I just, I got more undercooked rice. I got raw chicken. I got I've gotten bur- raw chicken before. The burrito rolling capabilities of Chipotle employees, oh, God bless yeah. them, they're trying. But they just roll them into little pregnant diaper squares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and all that comes from is, you know, expanding too fast, not being able to train your employees. And then they've had the typical corporate downfalls, right, of like CEO greed. Uh, they had two CEOs that were both making an absurd amount of money. And eventually both stepped down. There were wage theft violations. Oh, wow. There was the 2015 E. coli outbreaks. Oh, gosh. The E. coli, the e. coli breakout. The that e. coli, was crazy. That was absolutely crazy. And they still, the crazy thing is they don't, they were never able to trace it. Oh, my gosh. They don't know so what it came scary. from. Which, again, if you're a big corporation who doesn't have the right things in place, you can't trace it. So scary. And so it was this thing where Chipotle launched this new model where everything was very fresh. But the reason fast food restaurants don't make things fresh is because you can't control it, right? Yes. You don't have eyes on every single employee grilling every piece of steak, washing their hands in between that and then tossing the lettuce. So there's a reason that McDonald's has everything prepackaged. Subway has everything prepackaged. For Chipotle to get as big as it did, they basically needed to turn into a traditional fast food restaurant, Mm -hmm. which is what they swore to never do. Yeah, but they have. But, you know, you have to compromise in order to succeed sometimes. That's how it goes. It's true. Yeah. They had to kind of, you know, change their model a little bit so they could expand. Yeah, Makes and, sense. and that's exactly what happened. And like, it's, I mean, God, I'm still very happy on Chipotle Day at work, right? Of course we, When we yeah, get lunch catered. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, if it's just, you know, whenever you're a business owner, you kind of have to make the calls to, you know, compromise, not like your vision or your morals, mm-hmm. but sometimes you have to make compromises to be successful and to create more success for the people around you. Yeah. And that's what they did. And I don't, I don't knock them for it. No. I don't. It's hard. It's I, I don't knock them for it, but also if my burrito is not as good as it was ten years ago, I'm not going to go there as often. You know, mm, I guess. I know it's 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 tough. It's basically like how do you how do you scale and like adjust for the fact that like I'm probably going to lose ten percent of returning customers because our burritos simply aren't as good, but I'm probably going to acquire fifteen percent new people because we're on exactly. every freaking block. Exactly. That's probably how Starbucks thinks too. It's like yeah. it's like uh, what is it called? A profit profit and loss. Gain what? and loss? Gain. Some, something. something like that? <laughs> I don't know. This is like a business This is like a business management course. Well, let's like, talk about the food, though. I like the food. But, I mean, one of the one of the knocks, obviously, is that, I mean, there's the whole cultural appropriation conversation of Steve Ells from Colorado. Yeah. Uh, doesn't exactly have roots within the Mexican community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is, the, I mean, one, they were using straight, like, Mesoamerican, um, like, imagery. Yeah, I remember. In the OG Chipotles, I mean, they would have these like Aztec, Olmec looking sculptures. I remember. They were really cool. It was really cool. And 13 year old me was super enticed by that. Yeah, it was really interesting. And I remember thinking this is like, this is like authentic Mexican cuisine. No, uh, I never thought that. I, mean, I, I never thought that. Knew, but, I always yeah. knew that it was a court, like a, like an easily digestible Mexican uh, restaurant yeah. for the masses. Yeah, I yeah. always knew that going, even when I was a 13 year old. It's hella whitewashed. It's yeah, a it's hella like, whitewashed. Do you know that the music at Chipotle, there's a guy that's like the music guy at Chipotle and that was like my dream job for like five minutes. <laughs> I was like, I want to be the Chipotle music person because I would literally Shazam so many songs yeah. at Chipotle because like, the music makes me want to stay here yeah. and hang out here with my friends. Again, they're game changing. They, yeah. they did stuff like that. I, I actually know someone who is um, 
He was an ethnomusicology major at UCLA. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, shout out, shout out to Julian. Uh, we used to we worked at the catering company together at UCLA, but he actually got into that industry because he was kind of like, well, I don't know if I'm gonna be a professional musician. So he started working for this company. That that's what they did. They took these big corporations awesome. and curated playlists for oh, them that's... to communicate the vibe they wanted. And oh, Chipotle was the cool king job. of that, right? Yes. It's like Chipotle and like Urban Outfitters. I mean, they're Such a cool they're job. in the same echelon. Like Chipotle became a lifestyle brand. It did. It sure did. Yeah. Yeah. It was like remember there was like videos of like uh, a person that would eat Chipotle every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was yeah. like YouTube videos and like uh, vines and stuff. Like this is my 17th day eating Chipotle. Like, it was totally fine. It was totally normal. I mean, I, I used to say if there was one restaurant I could eat for the rest of my life, it would be Chipotle. Mm. I don't believe that's the case anymore. No, it's El Pollo Loco. It's El Pollo Loco yeah. now, which is great. We finally come <laughs> linear, full circle. Linear shift. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, Chipotle, once they, they started, you know, expanding fast, sacrificing a little bit of quality, yeah. I was like, okay, well, El Pollo Loco already went through this. Yeah. And now I dig on that. Yeah. Also, El Pollo Loco is authentic Mexican food. Not for for whatever that means to you. I don't it know. Is. Dude, El Pollo Loco is from Mexico. Really? I can't remember where they started, f- but it started in Mexico. El Pollo Loco started in Mexico, and wow. then the the original El Pollo Loco in LA is on, gosh, Alvarado Street okay. in um like uh kind of like Koreatown historic Filipino Down, town yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so El Pollo Loco is like you know they're making legit pollo al carbón. Um, I love. El Pollo <laughs> they do tamales every every Christmas. You know, I have like El Pollo Loco to me is the perfect fast food restaurant. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, another thing about El Pollo Loco is it's important for me if you're eating something every single day, like mm-hmm. you want it to be healthy. You don't want it to make you feel bad. Sure. Uh, in El Pollo Loco, you just get delicious grilled chicken. You can get the little side salad and black beans. It's really good. And it's just freaking delicious. El Pollo Loco is underrated. El Pollo Loco is underrated. I agree Agreed. I don't think Chipotle is overrated though because they they're they're delivering on their promises like it's fresh it's delicious it's good yeah it's it's not authentic Mexican cuisine but that corn salsa is the best thing I put in my mouth when I was yeah. like twelve years old it's freaking delicious also I don't I don't know if I've had a better guacamole than Chipotle's oh my which god is a very strange thing to say no it's delicious it, it's it's I wouldn't change anything about it again when yeah. I make guac at home I'm modeling it after Chipotle's yeah. the chips with the lime and mm-hmm. the and the and the salt on it wow what a game changer that. Salsa rojo? Yeah, that's a good salsa. Me encanta salsa rojo. Es muy delicioso. Yo quiero How do you say recipe? Receta? Receta? Receta, yeah. Yo quiero receta, por favor. I love it. That's another thing. Like, if you were to eat their salsas blind and not know they're associated with Chipotle, they're freaking good. They're so good. They are good. They're they're like salsa, like they're like salsa quemada. The uh, the what do they call it? The, they ch- they changed the names over the years. Now they call it like medium tomatillo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salsa or whatever. Um, but I mean, it's it's fantastic. They yeah. they season their food really well, especially com- you know compared to someone like God bless El Pollo Loco and their El Pollo Loco's uh, avocado salsa. Oh my God, that avocado salsa! Drink is it bomb. like shots. That's a bomb sauce. But like, think about their 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 tomato salsa. Oh, they're using, it's like ketchup. The, it's like the mealiest white tomatoes Ew. that are just mashed up with a little bit of salt. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not good. So Chipotle, they do deliver on the flavor of their food, I believe. I think they're, they, they've had a lot of quality loss. And also with regards to the fact that they're now just turning into a traditional fast food restaurant, like the proof to me is in the queso. I, knew, I was going to say, how do you feel about the queso? The I was case, just about to ask you. Okay, so the queso to me is the perfect um, encapsulation of everything wrong with Chipotle's model. True. In essence, right? Because Chipotle's whole thing is they don't use artificial flavors, colors, ingredients, blah, yada, blah, blah, yada. Blah, blah, blah. They went GMO-free, which I think is a very cool move back in 2016. Uh, so, I mean, for a company that doesn't use – or for a company that uses a lot of corn products, they don't use GMO corn, which is very tough to do in America – 
But again, they still carry Coca-Cola products because they have a massive contract with it, which of course is loaded with GMOs. And I don't have anything. But their food isn't. Their food isn't. And, and which I is important. It's important. I don't. I don't have anything against GMOs. I don't believe it causes cancer or anything mm-hmm, like that. Okay. Um, but just the fact that they were able to at least get off of this massive, you know, farm contract uh, and show other companies that could do that—that's uh, a, a very cool thing that they did. However, their whole no artificial ingredients thing, queso, is <laughs> the most artificial. The whole point thing. of it. It's the yeah. whole point of it, right? Yeah, I think they're just trying to knock on. You know, they're trying to get that Qdoba. They're trying to yeah. get that Freebird style. Mm-hmm. You know, the California queso yeah. burrito situation. That there is really cultural capital second. in the term queso. Yeah, and so they tried to make that. But the heart of queso is in processed ingredients. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just making you're making a, a Mornay sauce. Can I tell you what it is? They also would get mad at you when you would ask them to put the cheese on the burrito and then grill it. The you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, they're not with the quesarito yeah. life. So I think their fix was like, let me just put melted cheese in there. I think that was their mentality too. Like I'm tired uh-huh. of the way that my line is set up. Is my yeah. cheese is at the end. Also, why is there cheese at the end? Of all the things to put at the Agreed. end, why are you putting the cheese on the end? Chipotle, you need to move it over to the meats. But that's another, Why is it there? <laughs> that's another little microcosm of all the problems though, right? So their whole thing was like, you love customizing this. That's why you're at Chipotle because you can customize anything you want. And yeah, if there's no one in line, then sure, we'll, we'll do the quesarito for you. But then Chipotle got popular and suddenly you couldn't customize it if it messed with their workflow. But why wouldn't you just, as a business owner, as a corporate entity, know that you if you moved the cheese bin just a foot over that way, you would make so much more because money. What about you tacos? Would make- what about tacos? What about tacos? The cheese goes on top of a taco. You talk about their they they serve crispy shell American style hard tacos, right? Okay, they don't need to go on Which the. They're actually pretty fire. They can. I don't like their crisp. I don't like <laughs> I crispy. Like it, no, I, like I don't it. like it. The only crispy tacos <laughs> I like are from Tito's Tacos. Tito's. Because the only thing better than a Tito's taco is, is... indigestion. <laughs> but let me. <laughs> no, but like you could still put the cheese. Uh, you know what you could do? Let me tell you. You could put the cheese in a little to-go packet, and then the person can put it on themselves. Or they could have two basins, two cheese basins. Oh, but God, then, I mean, then what? you have to cut the queso basin. Like, what basin do you cut? Do you make the sour cream basin smaller? Then you're changing out that sour cream 15 minutes sooner than you would No, otherwise. you know what you would do? You would put the sour cream <laughs> in a little squeeze bottle, and then you would make life easier, and then you could see. I'm but, just... then you, but then you need another cold basin for that sour cream. That's what I'm saying, though. They uh, they optimize too much to the point where you can't get what you want. No, I'm telling I To Ch- optimize. Chipotle, listen to me. <laughs> there is a way you can succeed and keep, and keep your customer retention high while also, you know, <laughs> Keeping your bins low, okay? You just you just make a little corner. It's so easy. You know you know the queso. Get rid of the queso. Get rid of that freaking yeah. whatever you put in the queso. Whatever. Well, they're on their second formulation of queso, by the way. Yeah, uh, don't <laughs> do that. Please don't do that. Stop with the queso. Just remove that from your menu. Just take the cheese. Put it where the queso is. Remove the heat. Put cold on it. There you go. I just made you fifteen million dollars. <laughs> I will send you my information very soon. There's this really infamous story of I think it's like American Airlines. Uh-huh. They they cut one An olive? the olive yes, yeah yeah olive. they they had they served like a niçoise salad or something to first class and they went from serving two olives to one and it saved them like two hundred thousand dollars over the course of a year which we know all went to like executive bonuses but that's yeah I mean that's that's how these operate at scale right is you make yes. one small decision and it increases profits for one key investor uh, I am telling you the cheese man gotta say thank you I'm t- yeah but again the thing that I want to talk about that's very important is. Do you still do you think it's overrated? Do you think it's underrated? How has this conversation changed your viewpoint? Do you think it's changed your viewpoint at all? Um, 
this conversation, it's it's made me more appreciative for the work that Chipotle put in to sort of change the game. So I'm thinking of places like, have you been to Kava Grill? Yes, once, and I hate You hated it. Kava? Bro, I, I love Kava. I hated it. Kava, I, I mean, or Sweet Green, right? I love Sweet Green. I love Sweet Green, too. So Sweet Green is doing a lot of things off of the back of Chipotle, of what Chipotle put in, right? Of being transparent with sourcing. Right. I mean, sure. I mean, whenever I think of these places, it's just like it's like this 800 degrees model. It's the subway model. Like, yeah, whenever I'm looking at these at these places that you're mentioning. Well, so, I mean, when you say the 800 degrees model, 800 degrees. Ju- God, who are they started by? 800 degrees was a was pizza place, by the way, for people yeah, that so, don't know. So 800 degrees was a pizza place that essentially did the Chipotle model. You walk down an assembly line, which, again, is the subway model. And you point the ingredients you want in your pizza. They fired it in an 800 degree oven for like 90 seconds. I, I really love 800 I degrees. I loved it. Whenever like you, we went to Westwood when we were like yeah, in yeah, college. Yeah. Like that was like the place you would go after mm-hmm. you would go to the frats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I went with my mom like a year ago and it was horrific. Yeah. But they expanded, right? There's an 800 degrees in so, Dubai now. That's and, cool. And it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. But it, that's how quality slips. You expand quickly. Now 800 degrees had to try and pivot to, I think Dwayne Wade invested in it. What are these basketball players doing <laughs> investing in these pizza cash, places? Cash pizza. I don't know. But now they pivoted to like a rotisserie restaurant because they, they couldn't handle it and they couldn't scale at that model. 800 degrees is a rotisserie restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They straight up, yeah. What? I mean, they got those big ovens and throw chickens in them, you know? Is that real? Uh, Yeah. I, I don't know if it's like a full remodel or whatever. But I mean, Chipotle, right? Chipotle even tried to take the magic that they had and expand into other models. There was something called Shop House, which was like Southeast Asian Chipotle. Yeah, there in was Westwood, one. Again, there yeah. was one in Westwood. I think there was one on Third Street Promenade there too. There was, <laughs> uh, and I really love Shop House. I thought they did a really good Never job. Never had it. But once the, the the coronavirus outbreak hit Chipotle, no, sorry, once the norovirus and E. coli outbreaks hit Chipotle, <laughs> don't get the two mixed up. <laughs> they they basically realized that they'd spread themselves too thin, and wow. so they closed down. Chipotle had their own pizza place called Pizzeria Locale. They had their own burger place called uh, like Tasty Burger. They had their really? own rice bowl place called Shop House. Yeah. All these places. They Chipotle. Yeah. Chipotle just, they tried, they spread themselves so thin yeah. on all these other concepts trying to change the world. But it still made me realize that like without Chipotle, I don't think you would have had Sweet Green. I don't think you would have had Cava. These places that realize that people want flavorful, fresh food and they want to know where the food is coming from and they don't want to spend fine dining prices on it. Yeah. And so I, I I respect Chipotle for what they changed the game. I think at some point they were perfectly rated. Uh, I believe now they are just a normal fast food restaurant that serves perfectly good lof, uh, office lunch catering. Um, but now, I mean, they're they're just a normal fast food restaurant that is uh, less good than El Pollo Loco. I mean, I don't think it's less good than El Pollo Loco. Oh, come on. That avocados, you drench the, the chicken so nice and grilled no. and charred. No, you're not going to get me to say <laughs> that. It's just two different. I don't know. It's just two different vibes for me. Like when I go to Chipotle, it takes me back to the good old days of like yeah. high school and like trying cool foods for the first time. Like, oh, what's barbacoa? I've never had barbacoa yeah. before. Delicious. Oh, my gosh. That's another weird thing, though, is they they use like Mexican terminology for That's certain things. That's not correct. That's not correct, right? So their barbacoa, yeah. I mean, like barbacoa can mean a lot of things, but it's typically made with either a whole cow's head or a, a whole a whole lamb with barbacoa de borrego. Um, but they just use it for like spicy shredded beef. Ditto for the carnitas, right? It's not cooked in lard. It's just, it's pulled pork. They're calling it carnitas. Their carne asada is really gross. And that was is Ugh. what I was getting to because they've had, Ew. do you know what? I mean, you, obviously, you know what carne asada means of in course. Spanish. Gr- grilled meat. Yes, yes. They had grilled steak for years. That is carne asada. Their their steak is good. Their steak is good. Well, it was good. It's still good. No, but do you, have you had it in the last three years? Yeah, I ordered it. Like, uh, Do you know it's sous vide now? 
What? So because of the of the E. coli outbreak that they couldn't trace, they thought it might have come for their beef. So they were like, all right, no more fresh beef. Oh, we're no. sous vide it in a factory to to get it basically pasteurized. And then they're sending it out to places to cook. So you're getting this weird like half braised sous vide steak that's always dry now. And then they institute carne asada. Trying to, I guess, you know, uh, I don't know, like Mexicanify themselves a little bit. I hate it. And they just put a bunch of cumin and lime, which is like. Liquid smoke, maybe? Ugh. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. And they're in these like long strips, which is very strange. They're long. How? I think one time I measured it and it was like the size of like, was this a forearm? Yeah. Size of my forearm. How do they get steak that long? I don't know. It makes no sense. It's the cows. (laughs) And so, I mean, at this point, uh, I mean, Chipotle, it's your run of the mill fast food restaurant that I still. Do really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I just think at this point, the fact that they've become this weird cult lifestyle brand that is so inundated with the like youth creator community and all yeah. their gold platinum Chipotle cards, I, I do think it's overrated. But I still, I have love in my heart for the nostalgia of what Chipotle used uh, to be. I'm still going to stand by my note. I think it's still quite perfectly rated. And that is your prerogative. It's my prerogative. <laughs> All right, Nicole, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling out there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call Opinions Are Like Casseroles. A little pitchy today, are we, Nicole? No, that was perfectly on pitch for me. (laughs) All right, first up, we got At This Dude Draws. Guacamole is amazing and flavorful, but avocado alone is just grass butter. But yeah, you're saying like that, like it's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. I, I want grass butter. I, grass butter sounds. <laughs> I bet if you go to a restaurant that is fancy and they say grass butter for like twenty eight dollars and like a little baguette on the side, you would buy it. You would buy grass butter. They did avocado butter. Uh, b- avocado butter. <laughs> they did avocado butter at some like fancy restaurant in L. A. Some like tasting know. menu place. Then everyone was like, "Whoa!" And I was like, "Did they just whip oh. avocado butter?" <laughs> Um, they, seaweed, <laughs> they do seaweed butter with French breakfast radishes at Petit Trois, and that is a yeah. delight of a dish. Um, but, but yeah, well, eating an avocado without salt is like kissing a man without a mustache. That's what I've always said. I'm sorry. One more time. That's what that's what uh, uh, Professora Gonzalez, my Spanish teacher in Wait, I college, don't, I don't know what you said. Kissing. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Eating avocado without salt is like kissing a man without a mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I like kissing men without mustaches. <laughs> Sometimes but it gets a little annoying. Avocado is so fatty that like, yeah, I mean, it it loves salt and acid. But that said, I do love leaning into just like the vegetal fatty sweetness of avocado in like totally. a dessert. Just some some uh, some condensed milk on avocado and like a hollow hollow or something. Well, I don't do that. I will just eat an avoca- half of an avocado on its own. Yeah. Because we'll I enjoy little, it. Put a little salt, a little bit of vinegar on there. And yeah. that's a treat. B-Gage Fitness says, take any risotto-style dish and replace the rice with oats. You've improved it. <laughs> You've improved it, eh? Uh, let me think about that. So I make a mushroom risotto, and then I put oats in it. Savory oatmeal. Sounds pretty good. I take rice pudding, which is what? A risotto? 100%. <laughs> no, rice pudding is not a risotto. Rice pudding well, is risotto. Arroz con leche, I guess, is kind of risotto. Okay, arroz con leche. I take arroz con leche, and I use oats. Yeah, That's just oatmeal. Good. That's oatmeal. That's oatmeal. That's, That's oatmeal, which is a delight. Yeah, I love oatmeal. I have it often. Uh, let's think of another dish that has rice uh, risotto style. What's a risotto style dish? Uh, I think uh, most risotto style dishes are called risotto. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, Risotto let... con fungi. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, I don't think it improves it. I think it changes it. But it's it's your prerogative to decide if it's improved. My or not. prerogative. Yeah. I'm just gonna keep singing that the whole time. Uh, I'd, I'd I'd flip this theorem around and say that the opposite is more true. That take any oat based dish, replace <laughs> it with rice, and that's better. Um, I made a lot of rice meal for breakfast, and I really like make a brown rice porridge, like essentially like a, a congee. Congee. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, or, or what is the arroz caldo in uh, mm-hmm. the Philippines? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I ate a lot of uh, rice porridges, and I think I prefer it to oats. I like oats in the morning more than rice in the morning. I'm like, imagine, I have to like fake chew to imagine I just the flavor saw you of chewing. oats. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to imagine the texture of biting through oats. I cook the living daylights out of my oats, though. My oats yeah. are like gum. Like, it's like eating gum. Well, people, I, I think people don't understand the difference between like oatmeal and oats. Because a lot of people like oatmeal to me, right? Think about corn versus cornmeal. Yeah, brown, no, right? no, no. There's there's different forms of there's rolled oats, there's quick steel oats, there's oats. steel cut oats. Yeah. There's a bunch of different oats, but like oatmeal is just oats plus a liquid. I disagree. I think it's ground oats. Well, think about corn versus is cornmeal. it? Think about corn versus cornmeal, right? N- no. Oat like oatmeal literally means it's oats that have been ground into a powder and then like turned into a porridge. But like, uh, but so people are just like, cooking these whole oats, calling it oatmeal, and I get pissed off because I'm like, I want mush. I'm here for but, the mush. Uh, what? Wait, I'm upset now. I yeah, need to look at some packets. Ground, uh, I, need to, oats. I need to go to Sprouts and look at the packaging. Think about the Quaker like packet oatmeal though. Yeah, yeah. That stuff's just powder. There's like a whole There's oat some... in each one. There's like a <laughs> oat. <laughs> No, there's like three oats. Yeah, if you if you there, add up the pieces, you get like three oats. But like, Josh, I think you just like blew my mind, and I didn't want that yeah. to happen. So thanks. So I like rice meal, like pureeing my rice. <laughs> All right, at soapy. I don't know if this counts, but old wives' tales about food should be kept alive. Mm-hmm. What are there any old wives old old wives' tales about food that that you do? Um, no, I'm trying to think, and I don't know if there's any. Oh, uh, like uh, blooming saffron with like ice water versus hot water. I really don't see it being any different. Are you supposed to bloom it in ice water? Yeah, some people bloom it in ice water. Also, I like to grind my saffron with sugar because the abrasiveness Mm -hmm. of the sugar helps with the uh, breakdown of the saffron. But I don't really see any difference if it's with hot water or cold water. At the end of the day, it's just water. But like I've never seen a difference in the way that I've done it. One that I really, really like and I I think is incredibly sexist that we should no longer keep. (laughs) It's not a Persian one. It's It's an Italian one that says women that are on their menstrual cycles cannot make tomato sauce. Did you know that? No. Women on their menstrual cycles are not allowed to help making tomato sauce or like help uh, like doing the tomato sauce process. Is it a, I don't, Nicole, I don't know much about the female body. <laughs> is it a pH balance thing? I don't know what your... it is. I don't know what it is, but it's an old wives tale, an Italian old wives tale that Is it because I, bears will come attack? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I just think it's whack. Like that's like whenever the old wives tales have roots in like sexism or racism, mm-hmm. we should not adhere to them. But if it's like uh, water temperatures and like, I don't know, like uh, knock your foot three times before you, <laughs> you grind your rice. I don't know. Like, that's uh, okay. Yeah, I think I think there's some truth, not to the, the menstruation yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, tomato yeah. sauce one, but certain things. Like, um, I remember, like, my, my best friend Deep's mom was telling me how to uh, cook pow bhajee, which is one of my favorite uh-huh. Indian dishes. Um, it's this, like, lovely, you know, very, like, uh, hard-spiced, like, potato dish. Uh, and she was like, boil the potatoes whole. And I was like, well, can I just cube them up? And she was like, no. And I was like, why? And she was like, I never did it that way. My mom never did it that way. Just cook the potatoes whole. And I was like, well, I'm going to try it, dicing up the potatoes and just boiling it. It's going to be quicker. Um, and then, you know, you quickly realize that when you boil a potato whole, it steams very evenly from the inside. Correct. creates a protective layer. Correct. And so there's more. You know, I guess it's not an old wives' tale, but that was one of the things that made me realize, like, 
when some people say stuff and they make real good food, you should just listen to the thing they say. Yeah. There's there's a reason they do it that way. Totally. Right? To me, that's kind of like love translated in cooking. But things like um, you got to cook the octopus with the wine cork in there. That's like hmm. a, weird, a weird one mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think keeping some of these alive, yeah, it's uh, it's not just old wives' tales, right? It's tradition. It's tradition. Yeah, that's, that's what that's old wives' tales is. Keep, keep culinary traditions alive. Agreed. Next up, we have like you gotta stir your mayonnaise and ketchup together with a fork. The spoon is gonna create curds in the mayonnaise. Why not a whisk? Josh always gets mad no, at me no. whenever I use a whisk to, <laughs> to whisk my eggs up. He no, whenever you use a fork, I would get yeah, mad. yeah. When I would use a fork, you would get mad. And you're like, it's not efficient. I'm like, it's whipping <laughs> up at the same time. Okay, not another hipster says Asian fish sauce is far superior to Worcestershire sauce all day long. Uh, they're, they're different, but like as a generality, yeah, a lot of recipes. I'm clapping for you. I'm clapping. <laughs> a lot of recipes where people say to add Worcestershire, what they really mean is add fish sauce. What like what it, what it should be is fish sauce. I love fish sauce, and I sneak it into so many things. And people always say, "What is that? Mm-hmm. That's good." I've never had my 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 let's my pasta taste this way. Yeah. And I don't tell them what it is because if I tell them, a lot of the times people are very turned off by the idea of fish sauce. Normalize fish sauce in every single dish because it's a huge umami booster flavor enhancer. Yesterday I, I just made like a simple we ate pretty heavy in the kitchen yesterday, Nicole. Oh my god, you made me a grilled cheese that made me shudder internally. Yeah. It was delicious. I've never seen you react viscerally <laughs> to a food and that made me so happy. Uh and and uh, crazy. But anyways, I, I went home and I just like, I need a nice piece of fish and some salad. But I, I just loaded my salad dressing up as a simple like kind of, you know, chivy, dilly, buttermilk mm-hmm. dressing. And I just dumped fish sauce in it as the seasoning. And it was lovely. Um, but Worcestershire, I mean, you get the acid, the fruitiness. It doesn't that, really do it for me, though. Yeah, it doesn't really do it for me that much either. I'm trying to defend it as a sauce that, you know, but they don't really. Mm-hmm. Worcestershire doesn't need defending. Lee and Perrin's. They're going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, it, it has its place, but fish sauce is like the best. Yeah. Asian fish sauce. Mm-hmm, bomb mm-hmm, diggity. Mm-hmm. At So Gandalf, chicken kubide over regular kubide, <laughs> but barg over all. Wow. No, I, Nicole, do you want to jump in on this <laughs> sure. one first? Sure. So uh, kubide in Farsi, kubid actually means to like uh, break down. So like kubid means like you broke it down. So it's like ground meat. And barg doesn't have a translation, but it's like whole pieces of filet mignon mm-hmm. is like the and like it's cut really thin and skewered. And so chicken ground meat kebab versus regular, which is beef or lamb. I don't eat lamb kebab ever. I never mm. eat lamb. Never ever. Uh yeah, but I do agree. I love chicken kuita. It's the bomb. I love it. I prefer it. To regular kubita too. Really? I love it. The way that these people season their chicken. The spice comes through more in chicken Oh my kubita. God. I will it's agree with that. It's gorgeous. It's just so succulent and it's so perfectly cooked. The beef can sometimes dry out because of the salt mm. they add, but like it's really good. I agree. Mm. Bag overall is like the best. That is a good point actually about the way that, because when you salt the beef like that, it does, it gives you it almost hardens. that like that um, sujuk. I'm, I'm mixing cultures here, but it yeah. gives you that, that hard texture. Like not like a, a snap, N- not a snap, but like it it's, has that certain uh, like uh, sturdiness. Yeah. 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 The proteins almost like seem to harden. Totally. Uh, and yeah, chicken, it comes through better in there. But juju kebab overall. Come on. <laughs> Girl Nicole, you taught me juju that. Juju kebab means Cornish hen. <laughs> and Cornish hen kebab is one of the best ways to eat Persian food, in yes. my opinion. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, Stephen Shepard says, is cauliflower a better substitute for grains or meats? Oh, that's funny. I, I get uh, what they're asking. What are they asking? They're I'm basically saying because people have, <laughs> people have turned cauliflower into so many things it never wanted to be. Oh, like cauliflower steak versus cauliflower rice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
okay, you know, I'm going to say it's a better substitute for meat. Interesting. Why? Uh, because it is. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like it, it absorbs the flavors of meat-like things better mm-hmm. than than the texture of a grain. Like, whenever I'm eating a cauliflower bite smothered in buffalo sauce, that mm-hmm. is more reminiscent of a chicken wing, more so than me eating a, a spoonful of white rice versus a spoonful of cauliflower rice. I, I think we need to—I I love cauliflower. I have always loved cauliflower since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It's like broccoli with a less offensive flavor. I mean, I also totally. love broccoli, but— but I've always loved cauliflower. I eat it all the time. Always have heads of it. I just I roast the hell out of it and then I, I dip it in a sauce. I will rice it sometimes just because I enjoy eating it with a mm-hmm, spoon mm-hmm. and it'll absorb flavors. Occasionally I'll do a whole roast cauliflower head, dress it up with some like tahini, a bunch of like <gasps> fresh herbs, some pomegranate seeds. David's mom does that, and bro, it's it is so good. she cooks the living daylights out of yeah, it, and it, it is beautiful. She's a really good cook. <laughs> Her cauliflower head, like the the whole roasted cauliflower, mm-hmm. is the best I've ever had. But my problem with this is the framing of it, right? Like, uh-huh. is it a better substitute? Don't think of food in terms of substitutes. I know we, we've been raised yeah. to believe that a meal is like starch plus meat plus X, you know. But, yeah. I mean, eat a cauliflower steak for the sake of eating a delicious vegetable that is a cauliflower steak. Eat cauliflower rice for the sake of eating a you know delicious way to prepare a vegetable. Um, it's tough to like get out of these sort of boxes of yeah. thinking that like. And I know this has a lot connected to diet culture totally. as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, cauliflower just cauliflower. You can cut it and hack it in different ways. Do it however you enjoy it. But it's still just cauliflower. It ain't a grain. It ain't a meat. It's just a delicious vegetable that you've made for yourself. And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. If you want to hear more from us here in the Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions Are Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or Nhendizade with the hashtag OpinionCasserole. And for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at MythicalKitchen. See y'all next time. See ya! Bye! It's my prerogative. <laughs>